ever get the uneasy feeling that you've been fed a lie? Not just any lie, but one that you have believed your entire life and which has guided many of your decisions. Most of the time, we shake off this feeling and go about our lives. But what if that feeling was the key to unlocking everything? I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and on each episode of The Big Lie, we'll reveal a new lie that once uncovered has the power to transform your relationships, career, and life. Let's do this. Do you enjoy having great ideas, but not being heard? Or worse, having someone repeat them and get all the credit? Are you happy to continue delivering great work only to be passed over and watch as others from outside the company or your peers get the job? Would you benefit from being part of a community whose focus is on developing the interpersonal skills needed to elevate your career? Hi, I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and I just launched such a community on Slack called Unlock You. If you believe unlocking interpersonal skills is a crucial part of elevating your career, I would love for you to join us. Enrollment is currently open and free. You can go to www.connectioncounselor.com and click on the link to join us. See you soon. Welcome to The Big Lie, the show that changes everything. Each episode, we have a different guest share the lie that once you realize it's a lie, it changes everything. Today, we have a delightful guest, Eric Eklund, coach and speaker on human connection. Eric believes in a world where we all live a life we are proud of, a world where we can come together as human beings and end the silliness of judging one another for our skin, gender, race, or belief. Therefore, he is committed to encouraging people to do what they believe through speeches, masterclasses, and coaching on human connection. He is the founder of Connecting Humans, and it's this cross-continental adventure from adoption to present time that makes him a true student of human connection. Eric, welcome to The Big Lie. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. It is so good to have you on again. I really enjoyed our last talk on why it works. And where are you joining us from today? Barcelona, Spain this time. Last time I was up in Sweden, I believe. Oh, yeah. Barcelona. Well, that sounds uh, very joyful, like a joyful place. (laughs) And, And let me ask you, where do you, Eric, find joy? Different parts of my time in my life, I would think I can apply it to different places. This year, to keep it relevant, those moments when I can, I take the train up the, up the beach. So it is a train that goes for, for about half an hour up the beach. and You can jump off anytime, anywhere, kind of. And you walk down the beach and you can sit down in the, in the sand, dive into the waves whenever you want to. And take that plunge, which is a break from everything. And as I'm laying there, just floating in the sea, hearing the seagulls, 
hearing the train passing by, some laughter, looking up in the blue sky. That's that, Those have been such joyful moments for me this year. That is fantastic. You know, it's funny, the way you describe it, it almost seems like a movie. But the funny thing is the movie is like right there for our taking. It's like you didn't have to pay any special entrance fee to be, you know, to, to access that experience. It's just kind of right there if we are present and kind of open our, our, our experience to, to allow that to happen. Definitely. You are right on. Great. Well, um, really excited to explore our big lie with you today. Let's uh, head to our launching point and mm -hmm. I will share our video. The universe wants to bring you all the abundance, all the love, all the success, everything that you want. The problem is, can you receive it? Duality fundamentally changes the way you function in the world. It affects every aspect of your life. No matter what you're trying to change, if you learn to work with energy, it gets so much easier, so much more fun, and it just feels like, wow, I'm actually just living and enjoying and flowing. So very relaxing, uh, beautifully shot <laughs> video, Eric. Thank you for sharing that with us. And um, what is the big lie today that you can share with us? That you have to work hard to make it. You have to work hard to make money. You have to work hard to succeed. <clears throat> the, the key here is on you got to work hard all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And I still remember how my parents have said it and Friends are believing in it still today. My best friend still believes in it right today. And I still know that we are best friends because the way we met, we worked hard together. We hustled, mm. we fought, we really did the whole thing. Like we were the last to leave work Yeah, most of the time. We were working hard as students to get that 4.0 JPA. We worked hard volunteer working to get connections and everything. We have worked hard and I have worked hard for the majority of my life. And that I would love to introduce as a kind of mind-twisting, mind-boggling statement here. That's the biggest lie in my life. So I think a lot of people on the call have also, uh, on, on, you know, in the audience, have probably had an experience of working hard in their lives, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and they may still be working very, very, very hard. Um, help us understand a little bit more the nuance behind uh, that it doesn't have to be so hard. Um, okay. How did you come by that experience? And, and, and what, what does that mean for how you live your life? First, that video that I shared and you shared right now, I came across that video as lockdown emerged here in Barcelona, Spain in, in March this year. And it hit me so, like, so hard because those words, he says, that the universe, the life, the God, whatever you believe in, right? Like everything around you wants the best for you. Mm -hmm. The problem isn't so much that it isn't existing or that it's not there, it's that are you open to receive it? Mm. And that word, to receive it, just boom. Because that was what I realized, and they hate me, and that's where I even took the course later on, 
that when we work hard and he goes into this aspect of, we try to find things like here's this mouse or here's this uh, stand, right? And, or the keys. And you may have lost your keys, your wallet, your earring, your whatever. Like you can have lost your phone even. And you start looking for it. You're like, oh my God, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You like relentlessly start looking for it. And you don't look, you don't find it. Then you sit back, kind of giving up and thinking, shit. You look up and suddenly, bing, it's in the bathroom, <laughs> right? <laughs> have you ever had that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Because this is the part of our dual way of living that in the physical world and in the energetic world, we are very much energetical, uh, spiritual human beings. Mm-hmm. That when we're trying to find something by forcing it mm-hmm. as an object, it often doesn't come to us. But mm. when we allow ourselves to get in a state of mind where ideas, thoughts, and feelings can intertwine and play with one another, they can mm-hmm. huddle one another, you can hear them, you can listen to them, right? You receive them, then they come. Another example is like, when do you get your best aha moments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like, have you ever had that is like, idea when you were in the shower or on the on cooking cleaning yeah, yeah you're totally. doing something completely else right yeah that's because at that point you relax your mind you put yourself in a state of mind it could have been such simple thing as you cleaning your house right doesn't sound like an appealing thing maybe but <laughs> you're putting yourself in a state of mind which allows your brain to relax, process all the thoughts, and there it is. You can receive it. And that's why when we're talking about working hard, uh-huh. it's often referred to always being in action, always thinking, always doing something, mm-hmm. always saying something. How often does working hard refer to you taking a train up the beach and sitting down in the sand, watching the waves and allowing yourself to have that moment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that resonates so deeply with me. And and I think during this time of COVID, I hope a lot of people are discovering and starting to have opportunities to allow that to happen to them. Like I was, um, one of the best moments I had in this past year, I was out in the backyard with my son, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, a moment that wouldn't have happened as easily, you know, when I was driving to work and, and not home during the day. And, you know, we had just run around the yard a little bit and we had a picnic blanket out there and we were just laying down, kind of staring up at the clouds, you know, naming different, you know, things that we saw in the clouds. And I looked over at my son and kind of like your, your beach moment, it was like this beautiful, perfect moment. I didn't orchestrate that, right? I, I didn't True. plan for what we were going to do. I didn't plan for that just overwhelming feeling of like fatherly, like love and and pride mm. to come to me. I just, I received it, you know, to, to use your words. It was, it was something I couldn't have generated. Like if I tried to generate it, it would have failed. Yeah. Yeah. Most probably. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's why I, when you invited me to the big lie and I was sitting mm-hmm. down again, I was sitting down and thinking first and I thought mm-hmm. of different ideas and I was like, Oh yeah, this one, this one, this one. And then I took a little break. I was doing something and poof, 
oh, oh, like I had, you know, this feeling, that sensation. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah, a yeah. good idea. This, this is, is a good one. one. This is the I one. gotta put this one. <laughs> and I wrote, and then I just stopped what I was doing and wrote it down, wrote the email to you. Awesome. I, I love it when that happens. And sometimes I get nervous because I know if I don't write it down quick enough, I may forget it. <laughs> That's true. That is true. So let's, um, let's get a little specific about this whole mechanic of, um, of, of receiving and, and being open. Cause I think this is a really powerful, uh, big lie. I love this one. Um, and I've noticed situations, um, not that I am the universe or I am the one giving anyone something, but I've noticed situations where I have something to offer to someone, right? Like someone yeah. needs something from me and I'm ready to give it to them, right? Like I want to yeah. give it to them, whether it's money, advice, friendship, support, it, the thing doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, kind of indirectly, not directly, they are pushing me away. They are pushing the thing that I am offering away, creating obstacles for themselves, right? So like, okay. I'll just, I'll make it more concrete. Let's say um, I know someone and I want to offer them a job. Yeah. Right. And I say, Hey, you know, and I, and I don't say, Hey, here's this bag of money. I say, I feel <laughs> them out. Right. I, I say, there's yeah. this thing and I need some help and I'm like building up to it. Right. And mm -hmm. then, you know, they may say some, they may say something like, Oh, you may want to talk to so-and-so they're really good at it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like they deflect it away yeah, from yeah. themselves. I'm trying to give you money. Like I'm trying to <laughs> hire you. I heard you need money. I know you. Yeah. I trust you. You have a skill that I need. I think this could be a mutually beneficial thing, but you are pushing me away. And you know what? Yeah. I am not going to chase you. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to beg you to, to, to take my money. If you're not ready, that means it's not going to be a good result. Right. So like, let's say I convince you. And then we're not going to have a good relationship because you were never ready to receive that. I forced you to receive it. 100%. Have you, have you had those sorts of experiences either where maybe you <clears throat> realize after the fact, like, oh my gosh, someone was trying to help me or you were trying to help someone else. And they were just like, Eric, it's not a good time for you to help me. Sure. Let's, let's jump into this lie more and see it from a more, say, left-sided type of brainly logical point of view, right? Okay. I... This is not the first time that I heard something, someone telling me like, Eric, you need to open up more. You need to receive more. You need to, you need to use another language for that maybe, but say something like that. Yeah. No, no one has said it. And I don't think anyone has said to you before, Joe, like, oh, Joe, relax. It will come to you when you're like, you're looking for something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, at that point, you just like, no. You see, you have already put such a hard, picture as a, a belief of yours you have put it so hard on something you don't see it you just don't see it that's the same as you're referring to right now the person in front of you don't see it it's not that they don't want to see it per se they have just conditioned themselves so much into a certain belief that they don't they can't see it the same for me the same for my best friend for instance i have been conditioned from the age of like five, six years old, work hard to yeah. get somewhere, Eric. That's what I thought was true. That's my truth. And when I think that my truth is the only truth, why should I even look for something else, open up for something else? And that's why one of my greatest tips to anybody who's listening yourself and that helped me, be curious, 
always be curious. Just have this thought of, yeah, but what it, and when I heard this, you know, when I heard that line, universe wants the best for you, but can you receive it? It was an open-ended question for me to answer. And immediately my curiosity went in and said, huh, that was different. You know, there was nobody told me, Eric, you need to receive it. Right, right, right. That's, and that is a mistake we do, many of us. Yeah. We, we are saying this thing of, we are telling each other. And we are, since we are children again, right? Mm -hmm. Since we're listening to our parents, <laughs> since our days in school, we've been told what to do. And I don't know about you, Joe, but I'm pretty allergic to being told what to do on a frequent basis. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> so when we can give each other that space to sit yeah. there and be, huh, hmm, and having that curiosity there, that, that was different than receive. What do you mean receiving? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then he, he was referring to similar examples, as I said to you. Mm -hmm. That allows us mm -hmm. to, instead of having this hard belief on that this is the single truth, mm -hmm. we can at least rock our little shifting system up there called our brain and ask ourselves, but what if what I do, what if what you say, it is true, but is there another truth to it as well? Oh my gosh, Ark. So there's so much that's sort of resonating with me. I have to sort of limit myself to, 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 to the points that I want to talk about. Um, <laughs> so just want to touch on something and, and, then, and then get to the curiosity. The first thing I want to touch on is you've brought up a couple times this whole socialization, right? Of, of uh -huh. how we're almost hypnotized or raised to believe these certain truths and, and sometimes they can help us and sometimes they can hurt us, but it's almost like we create this arbitrary construct or reality that, that, that can limit us. So, so that's the first thing. Um, and I think everyone has true. experiences that. The other thing I love is that whole concept of curiosity and, and being curious. Um, you know, one thing that I was thinking about curiosity just, just like a month or so ago what happens with us in curiosity is, let's say I meet someone like you for the first time, right? What happens a lot is I decide I already know all there is I need to know. Like, oh, yeah. I know this type of guy, Eric. This is his background. This is education. This is his ethnicity, whatever. I got this, <clears> right? <throat> and, yeah. and I just stop. I'm like, I don't need to talk to you anymore. I don't need to listen because I've already pegged you 100%. Yeah. But there could be like so many more. Well, there always is so much more amazing levels to a human being, to an experience. But I will never see that if I don't have curiosity, which is basically me saying, I know what I need. I'm done. Exactly. <laughs> and that's also this thing of having infinite and infinite mindset that Simon Sinek is speaking about. That uh -huh. every time we're using like definite words such as I know or mm. the place. Mm -hmm. That means it's the place or that I know. Mm -hmm. But just because you know, you know what you know, mm -hmm. does it mean that there is no other way? Mm -hmm. that's, that's the question to ask. And, and this is the point that requires awareness, not so much more than awareness as its first point, that for you to be curious mm -hmm. is to be 
aware of when you step into, like you did right there, when you step into that moment when Diego goes, oh, I know this, or, oh yeah, um, no, no, this is not how it is, or this is how it is. Mm-hmm. Being aware of when you do it is the first step to get yeah. anywhere. And this is the step that I'm focusing a lot on with people around me, but also because I've done it a lot with myself. Uh-huh. I couldn't be having this kind of growth mindset that we could say that the people have referred to and et cetera, et cetera. They're all nice. It's all nice to talk about it, but without awareness of when you already, as a human being, mm-hmm. step into that moment mm-hmm. of, no, no, that's, that's not, no, come on. You know, without knowing that you do it, you can't do anything about it. Does mm-hmm. it make sense? Yeah, you know, and I feel like there's this, I don't know if it's a shift or, or there's a dichotomy, right, between the school of, you know, methodology, and this is the known world, and this is the science behind it, and this is what we know, versus this world of kind of um, possibility, right, and exploration and, and discovery. And I feel like you need both, right? Like, like you can't go around thinking like, is this road really a road? You know what I mean? Like, like, like you no, can't live your life like questioning everything, but you can't always believe that you know 100% either. It's like you got kind of have to have a balance, if that makes sense. Ah, there you have it. And the next keyword here is to find your balance. You create your own balance. And as you said, there are a lot of philosophers who walk around and thinking, is this a road or is this a path? Hmm, mm-hmm. What should I call it? And they can live happily ever after like that. They mm-hmm. can. However, I would also urge for that for anyone who wants to, in this sense, right, discover their lies. As in, and in this case, it's also you're opening up here, even with the name of this podcast, with the statement, is there something in your life that you can learn to move forward and become and live a greater life for yourself and others? Is there something in your life right now, or maybe in the past, that it was true for this was true for my mom and dad? Mm. And especially when they grew up at their time of their life and when they listened to their mom and dad, mm. oh yeah, they had to work really hard mm-hmm. to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the same concept and awareness and and, and freedom in a way, right? To Mm -hmm. step into the many other possibilities we have today. Mm -hmm. We have evolved as a species. We have evolved as a world. Mm -hmm. Now we do. So can you then shift Mm -hmm. what you know into new possibilities, opening up rather Mm -hmm. than, yeah, and, and, and this is applying to like the, the big lie, right? Ask yourself just this one question. What is it you know today? What do you know? And then just have that awareness and curiosity to ask, hmm, maybe I would like to explore this one a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's super uh, powerful and, and, and helpful. I always find it fascinating to explore these concepts with um with like a physical metaphor as well, right? Because we're talking mm-hmm. like kind of conceptually, philosophically, yeah. psychologically right now. Um, and, you know, one thing I've noticed is uh, I train in, in Aikido, which is a, a Japanese martial art. And 
there'll be times where I'm trying to do a technique, right? And when I'm tense, right? When, when my yeah. body tenses up and I have that very like oppositional kind of feeling, right? And my muscles are tight. The technique cannot flow, right? Whatever I'm trying to do, it either doesn't work. I get stopped by the other person, or if it does work, it feels very forced and, and um, takes a lot of strength or energy instead of just uh, the technique happening. But when I relax and when I um, combine or blend, I think is, is a better word, with the energy of the other person, and I move my body and in such a way that's relaxed and, and combines my movement with their movement, it, it's, it's kind of weird. It's almost like I'm, I'm barely doing anything at all. And then the person's like flying across the mat or, you know, is, is on the ground. And that to me is like a physical manifestation of what you were talking about, like receiving and just blending and going with what you have, as opposed to like, I must do this. This must happen <clears throat> the way I want. At this moment, I will dictate terms. As a, and the universe is telling you, mm, no, yeah. that's that's not what you got right now. Hundred <laughs> percent, hundred. You know, I can give you wait. Um, I can give you two examples. One is a very very daily, and one is more on the sportive side. I like awesome. to combine. Like what is very conceptual and theoretical to, yeah. to sports. That's right. my background, right? So one is I'm walking down. So I'm waking up in my early morning. And I don't have any bread at home. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm thinking, okay, I, need, I want to go and get some bread. Mm-hmm. But then I have this, uh, already doing this training, right? Okay, train your intuition right now. Mm-hmm. I know where I should go. But when you, end, uh, yeah, when you exit the door, let's train the intuition. So exit the door and go, okay. Shall I go left or shall I go right? And I'm just sensing here now. Like, oh, right. I'm just going to mm-hmm. go right. Mm-hmm. Just feels. I take it right. And then I'm wondering, I'm coming to T-cross, and I'm wondering, okay, should I take a left or right now? And I'm starting to stress out because I'm getting closer to that cross. And I'm like, but I don't know. I don't know. I need to know, right? I need to mm-hmm. take a left and right. And then I'm just hearing this voice. Like, Eric, you don't need to know. You will know when you get to the cross. Mm-hmm. So I get to the cross. I look left and I look right. I don't really know yet. But as I look right, I see this um, kind of old man being hunked over and he's scratching his ass and it doesn't look com- comfortable at all, <laughs> like welcoming at all. Towards the left, though, there's uh-huh. this guy with two cute dogs. And I was uh-huh. like, oh. And immediately I was like, I, I need to take a left. Okay. So I take a left, I walk left, and I go walking a couple of know, yards or your place, right? Uh-huh. And as I'm walking past the man with the dogs, uh-huh. I'm looking at the dogs, I think mean, they're so cute. And I keep walking and then just like, wait, why is there a little line? Why is he standing there? And I see that he's standing at the local, really small bakery. Ah, and I was like, "Wow, there is this small bakery here, and it's also also only open and a couple of hours in the morning." I didn't know. I didn't know this. <laughs> and here I am, like I asked before I left the house. Okay, yeah. I want to get bread, but I don't really yeah. know where I should go and get the bread. Yeah. But I will follow my intuition. And this happened, so I yeah. get bread at this local store. So this is a this is an example for those who maybe want to take. It can be seen as quite advanced to do it that way. Uh-huh. But another way is 
for those who do sports, and I, for instance, I would play football, mm-hmm. soccer. Mm-hmm. And I love to just refer to it. Sometimes when you're in the flow on yeah. the football field, the ball is coming, you take it down, you do zigzag, zigzag, you're coming towards the goal, you're looking up, you know instinctly, directly, it needs that ball, it just have to go in that left corner, you do it, and you're running and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two seconds later, how did I do that? <laughs> like everything was just in that flow. Yeah. And that's the same thing as this is the same aspect that we're talking about. When you allow yourself to, instead of trying to control, yeah. you let yourself flow and yeah. you trust that you already know, you already have it. The ball is coming, you're going to take that ball, you run to the left and you're looking up and you follow that feeling and it says left, boom. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to think that much. Mm. So these are two examples too of... Uh, moments which i hope you or the audience can relate to and by relating to it well do more of those moments give yourself a chance to apply more of those moments in your life so i love those two examples eric um and they highlight kind of different aspects of what we're talking about that's why i love them so much so the first one the the intuitive one kind of focuses on your like awareness, right? And your just yeah. ability to uh, not try to control everything. And, and now like you can be open to more things happening. The sports one, the, the, the football one, I really like um, quite a bit as well. Uh, and that highlights to me something pretty interesting in that when you say you don't have to work hard to be successful, that to me is is a bit of a nuanced statement that you're that you're delivering. So I don't want people to be confused. It's not so much that you didn't have to train to be the footballer that you are now. It's no. that when you receive the ball in the moment, it's like you allow your training, your awareness, everything to take over rather than to say, I must do this particular thing. Like, like there's a there's a subtle difference there. It's definitely and- to, to kind of highlight what you're saying, the first example is really about deliberate awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other one is about deliberate flow, allowing yes. yourself to be deliberately there in that moment, present, like you said with your Aikido, right? Yeah. Deliberately yeah. just allowing yourself to flow. Mm-hmm. And th- those, are the, those are the two differences in, this, in, this, um, in the examples mm-hmm. to allow you to really have to this understanding of not that working hard to be successful is a lie is referred to as you always needs to be in action you always need to think you need to control mm-hmm. you need to be all thinking at all times right mm-hmm. it's about that okay so to clarify there too right you still have to do the work you still yeah. have to show up to work you have sure, to sure. put in the the work the work the effort yeah but when you do it that effort also refers to you uh, giving yourself time to rest yeah giving yourself time to relax spend time with friends and family socializing taking care of your body yes taking care of your mind you know deliberately doing that is what this refers to and right now in the society we live in we need to stop glamorizing overworking and constantly being active, um, 
you know, how many hours we work is supposed to be meant how good we are. And, and yeah. the absence of sleep, eating, relaxing, working out, taking care of our mind, being with friends and families is still being applauded by many. I agree with that so much. And, and I was, when you said the word glamorize, I kind of chuckled inside because I was actually thinking that same exact word. And, and I think everyone in the audience has had conversations with people where you just ask them how they were doing and they respond like some sort of commercial for hard work. You know, oh, I'm so busy working these 14-hour days, blah, 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 got no time. You know what I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's like a badge of honor. You know, like no one ever says, man, I am just enjoying life. And I, you know, my kids are growing up. They're so beautiful. I had oh, this beautiful. beautiful moment. Like, when do you hear that? You never hear that. It's like, oh, my, my boss is on, uh, working, working so hard. It's like, it's almost like you're ashamed to admit that you have a life outside of working hard. The same, and this is actually <laughs> this is a socionomic phenomenon. Yeah, it's it's very much glamorized amongst men. Mm. Ask men, so how are you doing? Oh yeah, I did another fifteen hours there, and it's really <laughs> a lot of bragging about hours, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how many times I remember being with girlfriends, and they said, uh -huh. "Hey, where's your boyfriend? Oh, you know, he's busy at work. He's busy this and he's busy that." Yeah, yeah. With this, I don't want to undermine that women are not saying it. Yeah. They are saying it in other references instead of how yeah. much you have to do with your house, with your family and all this stuff. But especially this thing about hours, the reference to how many hours you work. Mm -hmm. Pay attention and listen to when men introduce themselves and mm -hmm. how are you and how is it going. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to how often they will refer to how many hours they are working. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 um it's interesting, right? Because if that's the framework you grow up in or work in or have a career in, and you see everyone else doing that, um, that becomes the norm, right? Like there's Definitely. a there's a peer pressure or an expectation that like this is, and you know you, you know when you see the people who are successful and this is how they communicate, then you're like, oh, geez, that must be the only way for me to become successful. I have to copy that. Let me let me throw in an unpopular little opinion here too. Yeah, yeah, totally. How many times have you seen posts online, for instance, saying that successful CEOs or millionaires or you know, these people who are supposedly supposed to be these amazing people, right? How many books do they read per week or per month or per year? Have you seen them? Um, I'm not sure the post you're talking about, but is it they is it that they read a lot? Yeah. They say like a successful CEO works one book a day or something like that. Right, right, okay. And there are even more classes on yeah. personal development platforms that says how to speed read books. Okay. And now I'm like, can I throw you this little unpopular opinion? It doesn't matter. You don't, don't become more confident. You don't become more successful in your life. You don't become more authentic or you're a thought leader by how many books you read mm -hmm. on how to be successful or how to be confident. You become that when you step into the moment in life when it demands it from you. And a tip is, say you read books mm -hmm. and you are reading that book and I'm going to ask you then, 
So, A, what did you learn from the book? Mm-hmm. Not just what did you read. Second, what are you applying right now in your mm-hmm. life from that book? Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about the application, well, the application has to happen for a while before you can even say, does it work for you or not, right? So if you on to book one, two, three, four, five, before you even have seen if the applications in book number one worked, and you're on to the application 50 in book five, isn't it something logical now going to tell you that you'll be overwhelmed? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is also this aspect of the thing of you got to work hard. You're going to have to do a lot. Deliberately always be in action, right? No, ladies and gentlemen, my dear Joe, give yourself moments to process. Yes. Yeah, you know, I... I... I, I think about that a lot. And, and even when I'm talking to people about uh, their public speaking or facilitation, mm-hmm. what a lot of people do is they, they rush, right? Like you could, yes. you could drop like the most amazing piece of information and then you're on to the next one, you know, kind of like, like you were saying, people don't have the time to process what was so great about the thing before so now it's lost in the noise of the next one and the next one the next one and i love your book example because um i do read a lot of books okay i'm not a ceo per se yet um i kind of actually am but uh what you say resonates so much It's, it's not the number of books that i read it's what I extract from them. It's, it's how mm-hmm. I apply it to my teaching, to my career, to my family life. That's, that's the juice, not how many I can get through. That in and of itself means nothing. It just means I've a number on a wall that I've, I've read a certain mm-hmm. number of books. And why I even bring that topic up is because I have caught myself that I'm reading a book Mm-hmm. And then you know it takes a month for me to maybe read it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh shoot, I should really finish that book right now. I need to finish that book. And then I'm just realizing, Eric, why are you putting pressure on yourself to finish the book? Uh-huh. You know, why are you doing that? Yeah. And I as soon as I say well, as soon as I question myself on that, I realize and because I have been hearing and seeing this thing, oh, I should I should read more than just one book a month. Mm-hmm. Stop. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that tells me that I have to repeating that right mm-hmm. that I have to mm-hmm. read one book a month mm-hmm. it is way more important that I read a book when I'm in a state of mind so I can actually grasp what is in the book mm-hmm. and then process what's that meant for me and choose what to apply and just to connect that really to to make sure that we are staying with a big lie here it goes into that framework you can't be successful. You have to work hard to be successful. You have to work one book a month to be successful. No. Again, deliberately be, give yourself the awareness and into intuition to be able to find that balance of processing, relaxing, and applying. Mm, I like that. Processing, relaxing. And applying and and I love this some um, reading example because uh, I feel like a person could get more in the right state of mind from a chapter or a paragraph, right? If they're absolutely receiving, relaxing, applying, then you could from reading 
a hundred books, but your mind is like totally closed and you're not. Oh applying. yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely, Joe. And to just highlight here also the, the solution then, mm-hmm. if this is the, the lie is you have to work hard to be successful. And then the video that we showed mm-hmm. receiving, you know, mm-hmm. I really, again, tap into that thing of, when you're in that state of mind where you can read that one chapter, if it's mm-hmm. one chapter and you're in the state of mind of receiving what the author is telling you with that story, with the metaphor, with the facts or whatsoever, reread it, read it again, highlight it, you know, write your own. I, often I do this thing. I have books here and then I'm reading a, a paragraph and go, oh my God. This can be, this is so relevant because when I did that, yeah, yeah, and you know how that applied, what, when did that apply to my life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you write that down. I, I often write it down on my computer or in my uh-huh. uh, OneNote or my phone when I'm reading it because that's when I get the juice out of it and I can use yeah. often when I'm giving speeches or say workshops uh-huh. and giving my story or my example and then I can back it up with and as read or as I said in this book. Yes. In, in this, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that is that is just wonderful. Wonderful. All right, Eric. So let's move to the next step. You know, we've we we've really uh gone far and wide. Um, love your big lie. Uh what is share share with our audience one specific concrete step that they can do to take advantage of this knowledge. Only one. I'm trying to think now. I said, you know, actually, right now I'm sitting and looking out. You see me looking up in the sky. That's what's happening <laughs> right now. And first, I looked up, so that means I'm thinking right now. And then I just realized I'm thinking, so I will uh, feel this one. And I, I feel it's as simple as it is on a weekly basis. Give you the give yourself. A couple of hours, at least a couple of hours, when you deliberately do nothing. And uh, when doing nothing, I don't mean just sitting down and (laughs) (laughs) just sitting there. No, I mean, for instance, the Saturdays, I make sure that on a Saturday, I at least, I try to do them completely without my cell phone, without my, without my laptop, with nothing. Right? I tried to do that first, but that became very tricky, I realized. Mm. But at least I'm doing, say, six hours where I put my phone mm. on my shelf, mm-hmm. my laptop is off, mm-hmm. and I don't read a book, I don't read a magazine, there's nothing. I mm-hmm. call them my output days. Mm-hmm. From my body to out. Nothing mm-hmm. will come, nothing. It's impossible. But I don't put myself in front of news, the magazine, the paper. I'm not deliberately put myself to take something in. So if people now want to have a concrete, specific tip on how to apply this and really take advantage of it, mm-hmm. give yourself at least a couple of hours a week where you deliberately give yourself an output day. That's where you allow your mind and your body to process what's already within you to listen to all that voices that's already within you if you want to take the train up the beach wherever you are or if you want to take a walk into nature do it 
if you want to lay there in the sea, if you want to go to the gym, whatever it is, you know, do nothing means give yourself that moment which allows your mind to process, to relax, to get into that natural state and listen to what's already being said or sometimes screaming mm. within you. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, uh, that's wonderful. And, and I think sometimes the language we use creates a miscommunication. So when you say like, do nothing, I'm hearing more like it's like you're allowing things to happen and what you're doing is uh is like that whole concept of a reception as opposed to mm. doing like okay I, I have plan a plan b plan c which exactly pushes out the thing that you want to happen which is the processing but i think when mm. people hear like nothing or do nothing yeah sometimes they have like a knee-jerk reaction but that is not that is just because of the definition of the word that is not the principle that you are communicating at all no and that's maybe i should, I should even refer to as in give yourself a couple of hours of output yes. where you can listen to what's within you already. Give yourself that. And that really refers to that you are not reading a book, for instance, mm -hmm. because that's from outside to in. Mm -hmm. You are not watching a series or a movie because that's mm -hmm. from outside to in again. That means that the brain has to process something that's being shared with you. So give your brain that moment at least twice per week, where it can process and listen to what's within you. Mm. So I have a quote um, for you. Hopefully I get it right. Um, but I love this quote uh, because I like to do nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, and, and I feel like in this whole hustle culture and certainly people with A-type personalities, they may not understand the value of that. And I came across this quote that was so great. Um, the quote is, there is such a thing as sacred idleness. Just putting aside time that said, look, I'm not going to be forced to do anything during this time. I, uh -huh. I'm just going to just be, you know, yeah. it's, it's what we've been talking about, you know, and that really resonated with me because there is the fact that that could be sacred, right? That there's something yeah. important, like how you were saying reserve, right? You're giving that honor on your schedule reserve a few hours a week oh, yeah. for that right like, like you I actually do you plan it in yeah then, yeah yeah i mean and right now it's so funny because my friends in the beginning they had the time the hard time with this because they, they tried to reach me on saturdays and now yeah. i'm actually getting the messages where they uh -huh. have texted me and they didn't get an answer for a yeah, while yeah. <laughs> and then they, and then they go back and go oh i'm sorry it's your saturday right it's yeah, your tech free yeah. saturday that they are yeah. they're making their jokes with me but you know my friends get it now so ta da awesome. but give this to find to really wrap this one up with a with an example uh-huh you know that i at least prior to covid-19 i was traveling quite a lot to give yeah, speeches yeah. in different places and i often I was asked to give a speech or oh. hold a workshop too. And I was sitting down planning it. But I learned early on oh. that when I'm on the plane oh. to the place, that's when I will get the idea. That's oh. when I will get the speech. That's when oh. I will get the tools or whatever. So often I didn't know what I was about to do really entirely. I had maybe an idea. I have a notion until on the plane there. Because I knew that plane ride is my do-nothing time. Mm. 
if ah, I should say so. Ah, love it. Just sitting there looking at the windows. I love it. It's my it's one of one moments in my life mm-hmm. where I really could disconnect. Mm-hmm. And in that disconnection mm-hmm. came the greatest connection. I love it. In that disconnection came the greatest. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, Eric, thank you so much for sharing uh, your insights and your experience and wisdom on the big lie. Um, how can our audience find out more, keep the conversation going, get in touch with you? Oh, I would love to. I mean, I just made a post on LinkedIn, which would be one platform they can find me on, Stories of Eric. Mm-hmm. I would love to, I just said it, I would love to be able to talk more with people and share insights on this. It would be adding so much excitement and inspiration to my own life too. If people followed up here and didn't just rush from here to the next podcast, podcast episode, next task, but they actually wanted to know more. So LinkedIn is one. Uh, stories of Eric, so www.storiesoferic.com is another platform, and they can also find me on Instagram. I'm not really often on Instagram, to be honest with you, but I am there. And if somebody writes me a message, I will for sure uh, reply. And that's also at Stories of Eric. Well, thank you, Eric, for sharing your big lie with us. I can't wait to see what happens next. My pleasure, Joe. My pleasure. Hi, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. I have an exciting update to share. My third book, Unlock Your Connection, Feel Like Family, is available on Amazon.com. Using universal principles, we explore how to unlock more professional success by learning how to connect to anyone, anytime, anywhere. Together with Unlock Your Charisma and Unlock Your Executive Presence, These three books form the first segment of my Unlock Your Leadership series. To learn more, go to www.connectioncounselor.com. For questions or to inquire about personal or team coaching, email me at joe at connectioncounselor.com. Thank you so much for listening to The Big Lie. We hope it has an amazing impact on your life. I only have one favor to ask. If you enjoy the show, please tell the one person you know who needs to hear about it and share the link. That's it. Together, we can vanquish these illusions that are holding us back.